Hello friends, I'm Carly. I'm Kelsey. Welcome to the Sheatitudes Podcast. us again <laughs> we normally record in evenings and now we're recording mid-morning on a on our sabbath <laughs> we look awesome we look awesome we have coffee <laughs> we're laughing at the dumbest things because sleepy i'm not that sleepy i'm just always sleepy <laughs> i could fall asleep anytime except in a moving vehicle or when anyone's around me oh yeah i can't yeah just period Anyway, we're happy to be back with you. We enjoyed our, our time off. We have all kinds of ideas that we've formulated in, in this time of, of not recording for a week. Mm-hmm. We've got some fun series. What's the plural of series? Serii. We have some fun s- episodes. Serials. <laughs> Coming up for you. Serials? We need to move on. Maybe mm. we shouldn't record in the morning anyway. <laughs> Lucky charms. Happy St. Patrick's Day week. Anyway, friends, today we're going to be talking about the blessing of quiet, Hmm. which so far this episode has not been, Hmm. or this morning. Hmm. But before we do that, Carly, did you laugh this week? (laughs) (laughs) I did so much. Or this last two weeks. It's been two weeks. Two weeks, man. Can you stretch your memory back that far? Probably not, to be perfectly honest. Um, no, I, I definitely have had plenty of work laughs, plenty of anti-laughs. and The kids have been on it with, with the, the laughter. The things they've been doing and saying have been really on, on point this over. week. It's been gold. Um, I think my biggest laughs, though, were when... Um, our little sister and our brother-in-law and our friend, Sierra. <laughs> Hi, Sierra. Hi, Sierra. First time your name's on the podcast. Hello. Um, she's a nurse up in the Seattle area, so send her some loves and prayers. Hashtag COVID nurse. Kill the COVID. Um, anyway, yeah, we had them over and we combined the Game for Good Christians and Cards Christians like. And it's just so funny. It's so fun. So, once again. <laughs> it's just so funny. It's just so fun. <laughs> I can't even think of specific cards that were played, but you just laugh so hard. And I think you also laugh so hard at the ways in which different people answer. Right. Because it's like, that's so them that they did the literal combination. That's almost funnier. Yes. <laughs> Like, you know the really dirty ones are going to get our brother-in-law. Yes. Those are going to be the ones he picks. Yes. Sierra's going to go literal. But she didn't as much <laughs> She didn't, time. because she knows she'd be made fun of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Funny. I can't think of what made me laugh most. It has to have been Kaisa. For sure. She's doing a lot of things that are a lot like me. Mm-hmm. And I think I laugh to cope. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think me too. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh to brace myself for as she grows. <laughs> for who she's going to become. I'm like, two of them? <laughs> that girl's going to be my ride or die. For sure. For sure. Things could burn. Pray for me. <laughs> uh, how did you rest this week, Carly? Oh my gosh, unfortunately, I have not been sleeping well at night. I've had random Charlie horses wake me up and headaches. No good, no good. Um, but I've had good just spiritual, emotional rest. Um, just having to make a point because I'm so physically drained to like, even if it's just like five minutes on the bus before the afternoon route, just like quiet myself. It's a lot of mindfulness and deep breathing exercises. <laughs> so Zen. Um, but, and, and then just, you know, being with family, I, I'll go over to play with Kaisa because even if I'm playing, it gets me out of my headspace yeah. and just be present. Um, mm-hmm. That Those are the things that have kept me um, rested and um, or going and doing projects at their house where I'm putting my hands to work, yes, but my mind is at rest. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I guess same for me. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. I was trying to think, like, did I have any really good practice? I've been trying to do more, like, breathing exercises when I wake up. Mm that my hashtag therapist has recommended. But I feel like I've been a little lazy this last week. Mm-hmm. I've been a little bit more in my head. Mm-hmm. Although th- I think even though I've been really, really in my head, like I've been thinking about a lot of things, I d- haven't felt manic or frantic like I often can when I'm in my head. And, yeah. so, and so I guess that I... Even though I haven't necessarily been intentionally observing restful practices, I have felt more generally rested lately. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the peace of God that surpasses understanding. Amen. Yes and amen. I guess so. Mm-hmm. I guess that there's just different things that God is cultivating in me right now that I'm learning to listen to. Mm-hmm. And as we know, learning to listen always requires rest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I guess, I don't know, I guess it was just generally more restful than usual even if it wasn't uh intentionally sought out yeah yeah um what else do we talk about in this thing oh uh, uh any surprise blessings or unlikely blessings, blessings that you found oh gosh um well maybe it wasn't so much surprise but two weeks ago was our school's um appreciation for staff members mm-hmm. not that what is what are we called i don't know it's the, it's for any staff who's not like a, it's a teacher yeah so paras bus drivers Sped. um anyway so our bosses showered us with love and which is so silly though because <clears throat> now we're getting double the gifts of the exact same thing like decorations i'm like okay where are we putting both of these in our house <laughs> But, um, yeah, got lots of treats and cards from children. and You know what's yeah. interesting about cards from kids? The pictures they're drawing now, mm-hmm. um, we have masks on. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. is just so interesting to me. It's both very adorable and very, I don't know if sad's the right yeah. word, but that in their, in their 
processing play, mm-hmm. it's enough of a reality that it just shows up as a given. Yeah. Like, if I'm going to draw a picture of someone, they're going to be wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. Um, unlikely blessing, surprise blessing. Well, this won't sound like a blessing on the surface, but that is, I guess, the exact point of the She Attitudes podcast. <laughs> um, but I actually, I have been reflecting this past week on... Uh, a professor I had when I was attending Cornish College of the Arts, one of our um, theory and ear training professors and flute professors, um, passed away suddenly last weekend and um, uh, have just been reflecting on who he was and how he taught all of us and the tributes that have been pouring in about this man, not just from alumni or people who he taught, but people he worked with nationwide and all over Seattle. He was really just a pioneer for music in Seattle. And um, it has kind of, it just brought me back to the, the really good, big, important lessons he taught me that had nothing to do with, you know, naming you know, note values mm-hmm. <laughs> or chord <laughs> structures. Yeah. Um, but just the life that he lived and how open he was to truth and beauty mm-hmm. and um, how excited he was by it. He was a very eager person, mm-hmm. sometimes embarrassingly eager. <laughs> where, like, when you finally nailed something, he'd, like, bounce up on his toes. And it was like, you know, like, Dad. <laughs> you know, like, you're embarrassing me. But he was always just so proud of us and believed in us more than we did. And, um yeah, just thinking of just thinking about who he was makes me feel um, inspired to move forward in my own life more. Yeah, openly. You know, again, I feel like that's a lesson I'm constantly. Oh yeah, for sure. Learning, especially being in the music world, being around musicians and creators, that's always a lesson that wraps back mm-hmm. around. And so, so I'm sad that this is the way that that reflection was brought in and having to, you know, have such a profound loss Mm -hmm. in the music world. But, um, but it it has forced so many of us into, into our, our, our memory banks of Mm -hmm. this really incredible person. And, um, that's the power of resurrection and that's why we need community. Yeah. That, that even in death, there is still life being brought forth and oh my gosh and will be for so long that's that's been a constant comment in the tributes that the the projects he was a part of the the legacy of those things Mm -hmm. is going to continue to reverberate even though he's not going to get to perform them just the fact that he brought them into the city and they're being worked on and just how it influences the culture up there and influences the people who are part of it and um yeah i feel like everyone who ever knew him not only has a general understanding of of his goodness and kindness and, and mm-hmm. brilliance, but they also have this personal story of how he mm-hmm. deeply affected or taught them something. Yeah. So uh, he just was really a remarkable person. And it's been um, inspiring to think back over all the lessons that he mm-hmm. provided. Mm-hmm. So, Recommendations, books, songs, shows, oh. what, have you, what have you been into? Uh-huh. I'm currently reading two books. I'm always reading two books at the same time <laughs> <laughs> or more. Yeah. Um, but I am 
currently reading, oh my gosh, it's really bad that I can't remember the author's name right now. Um, Rachel Welcher, I think. Um, it's called Talking Back to Purity Culture. Mm. Um, for those of you who were also raised in that, um, it's not, it, it's a loving critique. Yeah. It is by no means a an anger-based shutdown of all the things we were taught. But it's but it is a critique of how extreme purity culture became and how yeah. many of us still kind of live under an umbrella of shame that, that yeah. was produced there. Um, it's definitely written more as a report. It's more scholarly than anecdotal. Mm. But it's not a difficult read at yeah. all. Anyway, so I, I do, yes, Rachel, Rachel Joy Welcher, I think, if, if memory is beginning to serve. Um, Talking Back to Purity Culture by Rachel Joy Welcher. And also, I am reading uh, Finding God in the Waves mm-hmm. by Mike McHarg, otherwise known as Science Mike. If mm-hmm. you are someone who, again, like us, was raised um, kind of in the evangelical world that didn't... Um, Mary well with science. Mm-hmm. Um, he his story is a fascinating one, um, especially for those of you who like science or who have mm-hmm. really found God to be so exciting because of science. Mm-hmm. That's definitely an experience both of us have had. That in learning more about the the scientific notion of things and how the world was created and um, and how the world functions scientifically, how that has just expanded my awe mm-hmm. of God. Um, this is a, a, a story about a man who was a Christian, very, you know, fundamental Bible based, um, and then lost his faith, became an atheist for quite some time. And then through science found his way back to faith and it's different it looks Mm -hmm. different than it Mm -hmm. did it's far more um mystic than it once was which yeah i like Mm -hmm. i think sometimes we give too much language especially to the holy spirit Mm -hmm. that is supposed to be a mystery yeah um but anyway it's it's a good read it's a challenging read Mm -hmm. when you have been raised with some very black and white thinking it it does it makes you wrestle Mm -hmm. um but again lovingly very Mm -hmm. lovingly so yeah Talking Back to Purity Culture, Rachel Joy Welcher, and Finding God in the Waves, Mike mm-hmm. McHarg. I've been reading, rereading actually, it's several years old now, but uh, Mudhouse Sabbath by Lauren F. Winner. I had to look it up. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's, I, I read it before, but now it's, it, I've just been gleaning new things out of it. A woman who converted from Judaism to Christianity. And really it's, I mean, it's part memoir, part informative about practices she misses from Judaism as a Christian. And some things that she continues practicing um, that um, enhance her Christian faith. Um, that That's just been lots of fun, learning about... Um, how they handle grief, how we, uh, how we rest, how we, just all, all sorts of different levels of um, things that I've always wanted to integrate more into my life because I'm a closet 
do. Um, you really are. I am. Um, I think sometimes I kind of am too. Yeah. Tevya taught me to pray. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a prayer episode. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that's been an insightful and good read. Um, in the non, uh, <laughs> the non-serious realm, my current audiobook is Ready Player Two. <laughs> The sequel to Ready Player One. Get in line for that one. Um, definitely lots of language. <laughs> but because it's, you know, young adult novel, um, sci-fi, tons of 80s references. Oh, we love the 80s. It's it's fun. I I really liked Ready Player One. Um, I haven't seen the movie. I, I think I watched the movie on the plane, and so I wasn't really listening. There was a movie? <laughs> yes. Who was in it? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> So it was really good, you guys. But the, <laughs> I was on a plane. I couldn't pay attention. And so, um, the yeah, I really liked the first one. And then, you know, continuing the adventure. It's what I love about fiction is secret social commentary. Um, Satire. Yeah. Oh, me and too. So this series in particular really deals with, because it takes place maybe... 30 years in the future at this point. But with 80s references? Um, yes. Have the, have the 80s made a comeback? So the person who... It's in the future where the world sucks and kind of apocalyptic events have taken place, post-apocalyptic dystopias, right? Um, but most people live most of their days in a virtual reality, Existence. Oh, I think I remember this movie yes. now. Okay, and so the person who made this virtual reality video game style, like he has world. to escape it. Is that right? Am I? No. You tell the story. So the person who created this game system, what grew up in the eighties, and so he puts these. It's like a scavenger hunt where they're trying to find. He's given giving a prize to someone who can find all these things, and so everyone tries to know all these '80s references that the guy loved in order to navigate. I feel like we would kill. It was pretty great. Like they have to quote like um, Monty Python, Holy Grail, I word mean, for word, like oh, word for word, uh-huh. and Princess Bride in the new one. Spoilers. Anyway, um, <laughs> so it's it's a lot of fun for that, but. It's also, there's so much tension because that interplay between reality and fantasy and are we too too obsessed with this virtual world and not dealing with the problems of the real world. And I love that. I love that that, that satire has that power to kind of take you out of your reality in order to teach you about mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Um, and, and just the complexity of how relationships work, how do, you know, even down to things like porn culture, <laughs> like we, we are so far removed from, um, the physical reality and we are choosing an alternate one yeah, that isn't the same. Pretty far removed from humanity. And, and so it's, it's. It's interesting. It, I wouldn't say it's necessarily moral, <laughs> but that's um, the point. But that's the point. It's 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 
been fun. And maybe, okay, I don't want to go too far down this tangent, but this is something I've been thinking about a lot where, you know, sometimes the, sometimes in order to make a point, you have to be immoral. Yeah. And I, I think that a lot when it's like, you know, we want to make sure the things we're watching are clean mm-hmm. and it, we just like sticked up like stupid Hallmark movies mm-hmm. or whatever that mm-hmm. like, but I just feel like, what does that teach you? Like if the Bible was a movie, it would be extremely immoral Mm -hmm. because the Mm -hmm. the story is about how to move beyond it. So you have to show how bad something is in order for the good to be noticed. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know. I think sometimes we get so turned off to immorality and art too quickly. Mm -hmm. And, and I think perhaps is that part of why we haven't learned the lesson Mm -hmm. and part of why Christian, or why we're so susceptible. (laughs) Well, why we're so susceptible to things even still, even if we're quote unquote Christian, Mm -hmm. The dark things of the world end up too scary to us because we haven't let our... Is any of this making sense? Yes, yes. I feel like this is a conversation for another time, but, yeah. but what you said just kind of triggered that thought in me. Mm-hmm. But So, to be continued. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, moving on. So, today we're going to talk about the importance of quiet, <laughs> silence... <laughs> Oh, the irony. I don't want to. I love quiet as the introvert. <laughs> I, but here's my issue. This is going to be different for Kelsey. Sitting in silence, not so fun. <sighs> but, and see, this is where I have such a hard time explaining my relationship with the quiet. Mm-hmm. Because I don't actually like noise. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't like noise. And I don't know if that's because I have legitimate hearing problems. Mm-hmm. And so certain frequencies hurt. Yeah. <laughs> the irritating. Yeah. yeah. Or or if it's... Because I love big sound. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. The bigger an orchestra, the more excited I am. But yeah. if it's noise, I can't. I can handle that for approximately zero seconds mm-hmm. before it's like I need to just shake what is happening. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. So I like... I don't like noise. I like quiet, mm-hmm. but sometimes I think I like the idea of quiet more than I, I seek out the ability to uh, execute it well or really mm-hmm. seek it mm-hmm. out beyond like three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like I think my idea of quiet, there is still some sort of stimulation happening. Yes. Yes. Well, so that's when I come home. If Kelsey's home alone, there's a TV on, there's a podcast going, you know. There's, and I'm fully aware of what's happening on both things. You know, that she's, you're technically quiet. Yeah. But but there is much more stimulation happening yeah. than even I'm comfortable with. I, on the other hand, I want things quiet. I want silence. I want to be alone. But that doesn't mean I'm particularly spiritual in it. It's not, I am not necessarily sitting and listening to God when I want quiet, I don't want to talk to him because that requires an extrovert energy that I want to veg out right now. Yeah, I don't want I don't want to engage the quiet. Um, I, I want to disengage in the quiet. So it's if you read, um, it's actually a sacred enneagram. Oh, I have it. Oh, it's not on this table. It's literally it's just over there. Yeah, Do you um, need it? No, but oh, okay. the the sacred enneagram talks about um, different recommendations of spiritual practices for each Enneagram type. And and my type, it was, you need silence, but you need to engage it. 
That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because as I'm thinking about it, I think that I'm constantly engaging silence. Yes. And, yes. and my challenge is to not for just a minute. Yes. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so there's there's just a lot of layers as to what it even means to be silent, what it even means to be quiet. Um, but the reason we want to talk about it is because there's a lot of, I mean, complexity, but we we need to handle quiet in order to experience God mm-hmm. and we need to be okay with the times God is silent to us yeah um, it's we want to talk all the time about how God is always speaking and always wanting to talk to you and or how often do you hear people tell stories you know and then God said to me this and it seems like God's always just telling them a mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. I, I maybe yeah, but I become hesitant to always believe that because if I really look through scripture, God's one of the consistencies about God is he moves in and out. Yes. <laughs> Whether he's speaking or not. Yes. It do- doesn't mean he's absent. No. It doesn't mean he's not communicating, but I think that part of our communication is in our silence. And sometimes I think the things that we think God is saying is our own thought process. Yeah. And we are just uh, giving his name to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's just talk more about what, where did we want to start with that? Um, uh, oh gosh, I don't even know. Like, I, maybe just our own ideas of what quiet even really means mm-hmm. based mm-hmm. on our own experiences of it or our, our, um, our mishandling of it maybe. Mm. Um, I, man, I just, I guess that when I think of quiet, because it's not something I naturally, well, I don't think that I naturally tend toward it, mm-hmm. but I read uh, in a poem once by Mary Oliver. Um, she has a line in there. It's specific to music where she says, you know, um, tending as all music does towards silence. And when you <laughs> are, are a music student, music is never just about music. Like music mm-hmm. becomes this metaphor of, for all of life. And so upon reading that, um, that idea that everything tends towards silence um, shook me because I would say that I don't naturally, mm-hmm. but I think we all naturally do, and I just avoid it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I don't know, I guess that quiet and silence is something that I've since then really tried to think more about. That doesn't mean I have tried to practice it. Sure. Well, it's like I've tried to think about like the philosophy of quiet or why quiet is healthy, but that doesn't mean that I spend time in quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, at least not real quiet. Mm-hmm. Something's always a little engaged. Or even if I'm praying, I'm talking a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And that is one of one of the times I actually felt like the Holy Spirit impressed something on me when... I was lamenting, like, you never say anything, and you never talk to me, and you this, 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 and just felt like this impression on my spirit that just said, like, you don't let me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and that, um, yeah, that has that has stayed with me. But also, what I've also learned in, in realizing I don't do quiet well, 
and I'm trying to do it, but I still am not really seeking it. I've also learned like how kind God is yeah, because he does not force me into the quiet. Yeah. He'll, you know, called it out when I, in that moment when I was really not doing it well, but doesn't call me out every time. Like it is mm-hmm. my responsibility to start learning how to, to do it on my own. So yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I don't have, I don't have a very clear definition mm-hmm. for what quiet is or how I practice it. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, things about it that I find interesting. Mm-hmm. Things that I think we, um, in our spiritual walk, uh, things that we miss about it. Like, I, I'm pretty yeah. good at finding arguments on behalf of quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, and and noticing where we all go very wrong in not honoring quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I honor it either. Right. <laughs> that makes sense. Right. Like, you, you know it cognitively that this matters, this is important. And I can see where it's not happening. And I am also one of those places where yes. it's not happening. Yes. <laughs> but, but that's, I mean... That's how you recover, right? You know, that admission of, like, this is a problem. And so, yeah, what what needs to be done about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a similar experience where I felt like God was being silent to me. Um, where, yeah, I was just struggling. I was going to therapy and just really trying to get God to tell me if I was doing the right thing. And he wasn't. Yeah. And I was like, God, why aren't you speaking? And I distinctly felt him say, I'm listening. Mm-hmm. And my little middle child heart just like burst, <laughs> you know, that, that, oh, okay. Like that is something that I cherish that I, I don't need God to just talk at me mm-hmm. he wants to talk with me mm-hmm. and and that involves I'm the one who needs to bring my complaint to him I think a lot I before this I was just kind of googling bible verses on silence bible verses on quiet blah 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 and so many of them came up in psalms mm-hmm. where a person is praying and saying god don't be silent and I'm like that really infers shows me very clearly that this is a pattern that God is silent a lot. Right. And it's not out of his character. Yeah. Yeah. And and this prayer isn't then what makes him okay, now I'll speak. Yeah. It's someone being like, God, come on. Where are you? And and it's good. <laughs> it's good for us to get to that place of recognizing like I don't I don't hear you right now. Yeah. Why is that? I um, remember seeing a quote that it's attributed to Mother Teresa, but I have not researched to see if it's true. Mm-hmm. It sounds mm-hmm. like her, but but someone had asked her what her prayer life is like. And she said, well, I mostly just listen. And then they said, well, well what does God do? Well, he mostly just listens. Mm. And I remember being so almost offended by it. Yeah. Um, because I think that I had it in my head that like prayer was to 
be told right and wrong. And yeah. prayer was to seek God's will in things. And how can you know if neither of you talks? Mm-hmm. How can you listen to something? And I really, I wrestled really hard with that because that is so counter to how we treat prayer mm-hmm. in, ter- in church culture most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that now. Yeah, yeah. I really do. Um, so I, I feel very aware when I read through scripture of the places where God's not showing up and why yeah. that's a good thing. Yes. Um, I mean, there's a whole 400 years between the prophets and the incarnation, you know, the yeah. birth of Jesus, that he doesn't say anything. Yeah. Why would we think that he's always going to be, you know, talking mm-hmm. to us? And I think some some would argue, like, well, now that we have the Holy Spirit, mm then we do have this constant access to be. But even then... Well, we do have constant access. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that it is... A constant message of actual yeah. verbalization. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I just think of, like, even Jesus as an example. Mm-hmm. So, po- or pre-death, um, when Lazarus was dying mm-hmm. and Mary and Martha Lazarus's sisters sent word to Jesus that it was happening and he didn't show up mm-hmm. to do anything like how would like how would that read to you as Mary and Martha who know he can do something mm-hmm. who know he can come in and like stop it from happening mm-hmm. and he doesn't yeah like he has done all these things for everyone else but here we are his actual friends and he's not he doesn't show up mm-hmm. because sometimes there's a bigger thing. Yeah. You know, he comes after Lazarus is dead to then raise him mm-hmm. to give this, this pre what's the foreshadowing of resurrection. Right. Um, <clears throat> you know, we get so offended when we think God's not showing up, but. It's because that's not the place he wants to. That's not the place he wants to reveal himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also think of post-resurrection. Uh, Jesus appears to two men walking on the road to Emmaus. Mm-hmm. And he's there with them and he's talking with them. He's journeying alongside them. And then all of a sudden he's just gone. Yeah. <laughs> that is... If Jesus is the embodiment of God's character, mm-hmm. well, then wouldn't that suggest that sometimes it's going to feel like he's really, really close, and then other times it, it's not? Mm-hmm. And that's not bad. That's part of how he works. There's yes. purpose in it. Mm-hmm. I even, so even like, even before the world was made, uh, whether you're coming at this from a literal understanding of Genesis, that the earth was void and then God spoke creation into existence, or you're coming at this from a scientific Big Bang understanding, mm-hmm. there was nothing. Mm-hmm. God, like there was, it was just dark, but God was there mm-hmm. in the in the nothing, in mm-hmm. the quiet, in the, and was, like, it's almost like God in his purest form is dark and quiet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's just enough, um, 
picture and, and symbolism in scripture that makes us kind of afraid of darkness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, because we, again, the symbolism that God is light in him, there is no darkness. Right. Th- but that's not necessarily literal either. Right. Right. Yeah. Because if we, if we are going to take a literal on it, he was dark and quiet for a lot longer mm-hmm. <laughs> than, you know, um, yeah. And so I just think that sometimes Maybe is that, well, okay, here, that's a question. Do you think that that's part of why we avoid quiet, though? Mm -hmm. Is because it sometimes does require going into dark spaces that we've been taught, understandably, to avoid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, is that, for me, I think, yes. I think this kind of has to do, maybe not so much with the spiritual darkness, but when Jesus teaches on prayer, he doesn't want you out on street corners. Yeah. He wants you in a closet. Go, go into your private space by yourself to pray. No one needs to know about it. That's not how we really teach prayer. <laughs> I mean, there's a place for corporate prayer. Well, right. And Jesus even, does teach on corporate prayer. Right. The The Lord's Prayer that he teaches has has, you know... Uh, collective pronouns mm-hmm. our and, father and so there there is you know that that is important but we don't talk enough about wrestling going into hiding how often <laughs> jesus went to be alone to mm-hmm. pray mm-hmm. yeah that that you require a removal from all these other things um i on this topic, I really love the story of Elijah in, what was it, First Kings 18, 19. 19, yeah. So we have this story, um, I believe in chapter 18, where he has this standoff with the prophets of Baal, Baal, if you will. Baal, yeah. <laughs> um, and if you know the story or not, it's it's... He and these other prophets, they're like, okay, let's prove whose God is actually going to show up. Here's a sacrifice. I want you to pray for your God to set your sacrifice on fire. And so the prophets of Baal, like, do all these different rituals to try and get a response of fire. And nothing happens. And Elijah just taunts them the whole time and uses some some vulgar language. <laughs> That's not very Christ-like. Oh, well, Christ wasn't there yet. <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, he only came in the New Testament. He wasn't there at the beginning yet. Right, 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 right. right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's blatantly bad pl- theology. Pl- please, Don't listen. Please do differentiate when we're being sarcastic. Okay. <laughs> so... Um, And then Elijah, when it is his turn to call down fire from heaven, to make it even more potent and powerful, he makes them dump water on the sacrifice, like gallons and gallons and gallons and gallons to soak this cow, whatever it is, (laughs) a bowl, and and it is sopping wet. There's a, a trench around it filled with water, and... He prays. He just says a prayer, and fire comes and consumes the sacrifice. Uh, licks it up, if you're reading the ESV. Carly does not like that part. I, I don't like Licks up the water from the church. <laughs> nope. Gross. <laughs> um, so, huge 
mountaintop moment, literally, on Mount Carmel. Huge, incredible act of God where you see him speak clearly. You hear him at work. And then Elijah is persecuted. He runs and he hides. And he's like, where is God right now? I'm completely alone. And yells it into a cave. He, he throws it out there. He lays beneath a bush, a broom bush. <laughs> broom. A broom bush, I remember, because at youth group I made them act it out, and one of the girls grabbed a broom. <laughs> it was very funny. Good <laughs> No, she, it was her idea. I did oh. nothing. I was like, you go. Anyway, um, they, instead of it being like, okay, God's going to show up and talk to you in this powerful way, he lays down under a bush, an angel does come and gives him food. It says, take a nap, sleep it off, eat this. You got a journey. Still not an answer to his prayer. Yeah. Then he continues going, and there's still nothing. And he hides in this cave, and then he senses you're about to hear God's voice. He goes to the outside of the cave. There's a giant wind, there's an earthquake, and there's a fire. And God wasn't in any of those big things, loud things. He was in the moment after. Some translations say a whisper. Some say a still small voice. The Hebrew emphasizes a silence. Mm -hmm. In this complete silent moment, that is where God met Elijah. The big miraculous moment was for someone who, for the people who didn't believe in God at all. But for the one who was following God, God showed up in silence. And that was such a huge lesson for me to recognize that when God, and when you have a trust relationship with the divine, mm -hmm. he can trust you with his silence. Well, that's how all trust relationships are yeah. in truly intimate relationships. Like how often do you hear people when it's like they find, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't believe in the one, but like uh, when, when they find a relationship that works, that's mm -hmm. always a comment. Like we just, we don't have to talk. Yeah. And we hear that and we value it and we seek that out ultimately, you know, mm -hmm. when with the people who are closest to us, whether we're married to them or not, but but why is it then that when, you know, we read things like God doesn't speak all the time, mm -hmm. that that's so offensive? Yeah. Why? I'm so curious to know what is going on in our minds that we love, that we don't have to talk to the people we're closest to. Mm -hmm. But when we have that intimacy with God, it's somehow offensive. Yeah. What do we expect from him? Well, and part of it is because Jesus himself teaching on prayer like, ask and you'll receive. Like, he wants to bless you. He does. But we are so, again, our Americanized religious ways are, even when we reject the prosperity gospel, we're still impacted by it. Where we're insistent that God just wants to give us the blessing as we define it. Oh, that's so, I mean... I don't disagree. Mm. I can see that in my own life. Yeah. You know, when I'm throwing fits that God's not saying something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ugh. And so 
when we mature, as we grow, we need to be able to allow that space of silence because that is where God's going to show up. It's not, he doesn't just show up in those big, powerful ways. Yeah, it's not just when the music's playing. It's not the just... The lights go down or right. build a certain way. Or when, you know, we're even all just praying together or there's a loud celebration mm-hmm. or um, a, a, a tangible move of the Spirit. Like, it, yeah. We, re- we rely on a lot of exterior stimulation, I think, mm-hmm. to, to feel like we feel the spirit yeah I had a student a couple years ago that I was working with um who had been through quite an ordeal uh and had a lot of questions about God and spirituality because of it and and we were working in a a a homeschool environment we weren't you know like he was free to have those discussions with me. Mm -hmm. And I remember him saying, and it taught me so much him, him commenting that sometimes, you know, I go outside and I just wonder what I would hear if I couldn't hear the river. And if I couldn't hear the wind or my dog barking or trees on, or Mm -hmm. uh, cars on the road or, you know, the trees, what, what would I hear if that was all gone? Mm-hmm. I can tell you something. I've never wondered that. Mm-hmm. I have I have sensed God in those sounds. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like the, 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 the wind moving through the trees and those even tall grass, like mm-hmm. those little sounds, cluing in on those has quieted my mind enough to feel like I could be quiet with God. But to move beyond it into, but what would I hear if not, not, oh my gosh, I was just so moved by that because I, and I'm sitting here being like, well, I think you probably already know. Yeah. Otherwise, why are you trying, you know? Yeah. Um, I love that. I love that there's always a deeper place we can get to. I love that there's always more layers to remove, even when Mm -hmm. we think we've simplified it to the smallest amount of noise possible. There's still further to go. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I think God waits to show up until you're at the the innermost point of quiet. Right. But I do think he's constantly challenging us to move there. Yeah. That's why we've already talked about the wilderness. But that's why the wilderness is so important in correlation with silence and quiet. Because Elijah had to go to the wilderness. Jesus had to go to the wilderness. Israel had to go through the wilderness. And as someone who's been in those literal wildernesses that Jesus, Elijah, and Israel meandered through, there's no silence like a desert. No. When when the breeze kind of stills, it's painful and hot. <laughs> and just... <laughs> And you're just stuck. I had a moment on one hike in Israel that I was like, I literally feel like I'm in an oven. Like there, there was no movement. It was just heat. And just stale. 
And if it weren't for people walking around me, it would have been no sound. It was, it was absolutely bizarre. And that's why it's like, that's where, that's when God shows up. Like the, the, the power of actual deafening silence that you will not hear anything else. Yeah. But God. And again, like you said, it doesn't mean that God doesn't show up in other places. We're not saying you need to go, you know, get noise-canceling headphones in order to experience Jesus. No. But if you are in a space where it feels like, where's God? That's a good place to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes we can say that we mm-hmm. understand that that's a true statement mm-hmm. that the where are you lords are the are good questions to ask yeah. that that is yes. normal and um and that quiet is a good thing i think that we know all of that the yeah. problem i think is that we still expect that when we do it the right way we'll still hear something yes oh Okay, we need to be quiet to hear from the mm-hmm. Lord. We need to meditate. Well, we need to pray for this long. We need to deep breathe like this. Right. We need to... Oh, yeah. so sometimes, you know, Jesus doesn't show up to heal Lazarus before he dies. Oh, okay, so if I just wait through this, then I'll get an even greater reward on the other side. Like, mm-hmm. it's it, we still don't, I think, have the right... We're not honoring the silence. We're mm-hmm. still honoring what it can get us. Yeah. And we need to stop that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That maybe the silence itself is part of the blessing. Oh, I mean, back to Mary Oliver, another one that this didn't make me... I didn't wrestle with, with her over this one, but it was... It, it gave me such relief. She has a poem, and all the whole poem, all it says is, Someone I loved once gave me a box full of darkness. Mm-hmm. It took me years to realize this, too, was a gift. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think of that uh, Rilke poem. Oh, Rilke. Where yes. he's like, I, he refers to the darkness as his friend, right? I and, believe and in his, the night. I, I believe in the night. And he's sitting in the darkness and he says, it, it's like there, I, I sense a presence stirring beside me. Yes. And that excitement, like that's so nerve wracking because I just think of like being in bed as a child and being convinced. Right. Things go bump in the night. There's, there's something under my bed. So I, I have to have my feet on the bed. If I put an arm out, it's going to grab me, you know. But but in his interpretation, there's this excitement of like, ooh, he's here. Yes. You know, and that's what I he's going to surprise me. That's what I mean when I say that our idea that everything dark isn't God is mm-hmm. not actually scripture. Like we've been given symbols like that for our understanding. But before there was light, there was dark mm-hmm. and God was there. Yes. If you're in a dark room and you light a candle, yes, God's the candle by which you see. But is he not in the dark spaces that still fill the room? Does God only go as far as the sun can touch in the universe? Mm -hmm. Or can he touch all the places that are not light throughout the rest of the galaxies? Mm -hmm. Why are we so afraid? I mean, I get it. The psyche knows things go. There's evil lurks in the darkness. But so does God. Yes, yes. And so why not get excited for that part? Mm-hmm. I just got the image of our niece, Kaisa, and Peekaboo. You hide under a blanket, 
and you're delighting. And it's fun. Because you're going to move the blanket and someone's going to be there. And, <laughs> and you do it again and again and again. And that, like I want to think of that image instead of the monster under the bed image. Right. Because do we not trust that God's bigger than the monster? Yes. Yes. Just that delight that, oh, God's going to do something. God's going to do something. I really do think that part of why we don't go into actual quiet is because the deepest quiets are dark. Yeah. The quietest, because, I mean, that's, that's science and I'm going to, I'm not going to explain this well, but, (laughs) but sound travels further in darkness. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's light particles or what light stirs up into the air that works as a barrier against sound waves. Mm -hmm. Some scientists out there send me a better definition, but, (laughs) but that, that is true. Sound travels further. So so if God's really trying to say something, he's going to wait till it's dark and quiet so that that sound really reaches. Mm-hmm. Let's think of Samuel in First Samuel. Is it Samuel? Where he is in the temple. And he hears while he's sleeping? Yes. Yeah, Samuel. In, in, the, in the nighttime. And here's this. He works for the priest slash prophet and who has not heard God in years. But Samuel hears as he's lying in bed and he runs and he's like, what is, yes, you called me? And he's like, no, that, that wasn't me. That was God. Yeah. In the silence when you're looking or not. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I just, I, I think we need to not be so, not so afraid of the dark. Yeah. Those those are the darkest places are also the quietest places and that is that is where God's gonna show up. Mm-hmm. Not immediately and mm-hmm. probably not if we're just sitting there expecting him to always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I think he really does delight, and this is perhaps some perverse joy that he takes, or at least in my <laughs> definition, but I think he really does delight sometimes in not showing up when you expect him to, just mm-hmm. to prove you're not in charge. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. He does that to me all the time. Yeah, I do that to my students all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope that God deals with us differently than we deal with our students sometimes. <laughs> they are, you know, God is an all-knowing, all-powerful. I like to think that I am. I tell my students I am. Yeah. They'll be like, Kelsey, do you know the answer to... I'll be like, of course I do. <laughs> I know everything. I do. When will you learn that? Yes. Hello. <laughs> I'm an expert on all things. I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, practical applications, though. Mm -hmm. Because, again, we can all say. We know this matters, but now we have to do it. We all talk about the still, small voice. We all talk about quieting ourselves before the Lord. But in terms of actually doing it in a way that's not just. Oh, well, I wake up early in the morning and I have my Bible reading time. I have. Not that those things are bad. But I just think that, like, I just don't think those are it. First of all, just cut yourself an effing break. Like, <laughs> like you have I, to try so hard. Honestly, though. I mean, actually, yeah. And so if, 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 I, if I may go into one final anecdote, I think that really the, the moment in the, probably the last three years that I have been most aware of God, uh, like tangibly, yeah. like to the point where it really felt like I was being filled mm-hmm. um, and also freed mm-hmm. 
was the moment when I actually just released things I'd been holding to. Mm-hmm. And some of those things were like, I'm going to be more intimate with you, God, and I'm going to know yep. you better, and I'm going to seek you, and I'm going to follow your or- you know, your statutes and your ordinance. And, and the moment I was just like, oh, everything is so hard and it hurts. And hands open, and that... That, you know, you sometimes it's the, the effort is what is getting in your way. Yes. Even if they're good efforts. Exactly. And, and, and that's not to say there are times, there are times you just got to kick it into gear and do the hard thing. You know, like there, there are yeah. seasons. But sometimes the harder thing is letting go. Yes. The, like the, there, there are seasons that I, I get some people need that structure and obedience. I get that. However... Most of my conversations are with people that that sort of structure and obedience has actually been the death of their faith. Oh, for sure. And because faith isn't that. Faith isn't in structures and patterns. (laughs) No. Or just obedience. Or just obedience. It's so much bigger. And, and, And faith is there when... You do everything wrong. Yeah. You have faith in the grace of God. And so, yeah, I think releasing the expectation of having to do things the right way yeah. is important to note. However, at the same time, I do encourage people just make margin in your day. I'm not saying you need to have a specific set aside time for prayer and scripture and if which is good if that's important to you please pursue that but just have wiggle room in your day don't overbook yourself make sure you don't have to feel like you're rushing out the door in the morning or stumbling into bed at night uh greg brought that up in our talk with him mm-hmm. that he tries to to practice that the first thing he does upon waking and the last thing he does before sleeping is to spend time with Jesus. And that doesn't, it's not the same as having your your early morning coffee and Bible reading, which again, good thing, but mm-hmm. this is different. It mm-hmm. is while you're still laying there. Mm-hmm. You're in that intimate moment of just waking up. Pillow talk. Yeah, it's pillow talk with God or those moments where you fall asleep. Like, or, and maybe you're not even talking. Maybe you are just laying beside. Mm-hmm. And just finding moments in your day to just separate. Put the phone down. Go into a bathroom stall. Uh, My therapist asked me, uh, what is something I can do for an hour a day Mm -hmm. to just spend time with Jesus? And he didn't say, like, you know, to to read or to Mm -hmm. not to intentionally spend time with Jesus. And I'm reading this on like an hour. I got things to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then I was like, that's so awful, you know? And so I, I, I find that I am at my most open when I'm driving mm-hmm. because it is a, it's my safe place to cry. It's yeah. my safe place to really think through things because I'm entirely alone. I mm-hmm. can turn on music if I want to, which I always want to. And I, I can just, my focus can be on me for a second and my actual stuff because in the moment I open the door I'm back in the world and things can be charming and bright and fancy free again mm-hmm. but at least in there I'm entirely alone it can be 
whatever I need it to be. And, you know, and, and, and I don't necessarily get in the car and just let it be silent Mm -hmm. because sometimes at this point I recognize that if I try to just let it be silent, my mind will fully wander. Yes. I think that it is something I can learn to attain Mm -hmm. little by little increments. Yes. But I can't do an hour of just quiet right Mm -hmm. now, but I can turn on a podcast about theology Mm -hmm. or the Bible or scripture or just Jesus or art because Mm -hmm. listen, the Holy Spirit is Mm -hmm. an art. Mm Mm-hmm. My mind is intentionally focused on learning more about him. Mm -hmm. And it's not the same as when I turn on a podcast while I'm cooking and I'm just thinking about this thing, but there's a different intention to it. Mm -hmm. I am quieter. Yeah. Even though I don't talk when I listen to a podcast otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. I'm quieter because I have intentionally set my focus on absorbing it in a different way. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's a good example. I think for me... I am most quiet intentionally if I am outdoors. Um, I might not be listening to anything, but there's something about getting mindless enough where I'm hiking and I'm out of breath. And so I'm not thinking about anything. I'm just thinking about breathing Mm -hmm. that I'm just noticing things differently and um, just you know, whether it just be looking at flowers, looking at trees, looking at nature, watching how the dogs chase each other, just um, that is gets me into a quiet place to then pray. Focusing on breathing is a big one. Yeah. And I think that sometimes, I know for me, I'm one of those, like when I first started, you know, like when I was first taking serious voice lessons and they would talk about that, like, you know, you should do yoga to learn more about breathing and this, that, but it was always just deep breathing, Mm -hmm. which I found didn't necessarily make me center, Mm -hmm. not to start with, Mm -hmm. but it was a technique called box breathing that did. Um, because if I'm just taking deep breaths, my mind can wander. I know Mm -hmm. how to take deep breaths. Mm -hmm. You learn it and sing it. Like I just, I can do that. Yeah. But box breathing is you you just inhale for four seconds, hold it for four seconds, exhale four seconds, hold it. Because it's not the natural yeah. size of a breath necessarily. Yeah. So you do suddenly just focus mm-hmm. on breathing. And that has proven really beneficial when I am in a, a season of practicing it consistently. I've done like that. I've also done um, like I've, I like guided meditations um, specifically. Like I've talked about the prayer bead thing uh-huh. that that physical thing in my hand is reminding me focus, focus. Uh-huh. Every bead I touch, it's like, OK, back to, you know, because my mind will wander. But then it's like, oh, bead back. Yeah. And and in that, I'm just um, there's different devotional books that guide you on a prayer for each bead, but sometimes it's just you're praying through 32 beads saying, I am loved. I am loved. And it's so weird. It's so like, I hate saying it. I'm like, this is dumb. I don't need to tell myself. (laughs) And then by the end, I'm just like, what? Lord? (laughs) Like it just opens up to, to levels of intimacy. I didn't know I needed to get to. And um, like, there's tons of resources like that, that are, but again, it's not about just trying to find those resources, um, but just putting those things into practice. Yeah. And um, it, it can be really uncomfortable. Um, and yet, and yet by the end, it's like, why was I so hesitant to do this? 
Because like I said, I when it's finally time to be quiet, I just want to not talk to God. and Because I'm like, I'm too tired to. And then when I finally just decide to do the thing, it's like, oh, that actually gave me more energy than just turning off my brain and sleeping would have. Yeah. It's, and again, it's not about getting something, really. Right. It's about being faithful to him. But, but forget not his benefits, you know, uh-huh. that, that he does want to bless you. He does want to give you everything you need. And one of those things is a peace that surpasses understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to bring some seriousness to the joke we made earlier on that same <laughs> subject. <laughs> that, that it's not necessarily that you're doing this to get something from him. Right. Other than what he does promise. And that is himself. Himself. And that piece. And learning to make himself be the greatest gift. Blessed is the quiet, the silent spaces, the stillness. Bless the removal of noise and distraction, the choice to lean in close and just listen. Blessed is each breath that brings focus, each inhalation of peace. Blessed is the darkness where God is still found, where we are still held, where we learn to love him well. Blessed are you as you move closer to the secret places of his heart. Yours is the kingdom and the kingdom is here.